Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. So good to have you here with us today. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking with friend of the program and personal friend, Mr. Eric Ream, about how he pivoted in 2020 and how he's uh, attacking 2021 in his speaking business and how you can do the same. Now, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you're probably familiar with Eric's story. He was uh, actually a student of the Speaker Lab back in 2015. And over the last six years, he has seen his speaking business absolutely blow up in the best possible way. Now, uh, what happened to his business though in 2020 when the world blew up uh, in a bad way? Well, that's what we're gonna talk about in this episode. You see, uh, Eric had over $200,000 worth of commitments that were affected by COVID, but he didn't panic, stayed calm, learned to pivot, and he walks us through exactly what he did in today's conversation. We're also gonna look ahead to 2021 and beyond to get his insight into which changes in the speaking industry will go away and which ones he thinks are here to stay. If you are at any stage of your speaking business and looking to ramp it up in the next couple of years, you don't want to miss this episode. Always great talking with Eric about the speaking industry. Let's get right into it. This is the audio from a Facebook Live conversation that uh, we recently had with amazing speaker and an even better guy, my friend, Eric Green. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Today, we are joined by Mr. Eric Ream, who uh, is a very successful student here within the, the Speaker Lab community. We want to hop on here and talk about, as we enter into 2021, some of the shifts and changes that we've been seeing in the industry, some shifts that Eric personally, boots on the ground, has been shifting and, and changing. Uh, but it has been a, a wild past year or so. Uh, Eric, first of all, thanks for joining us, man. How are you, how are you feeling as we, as we venture into this new year? I'm feeling really good, Grant. I'm really excited to hang out with you. It's been uh, eventful 2020, uh, learned a lot, but also uh, had some really cool discoveries along the way that's been fun and really excited about going into 2021 and also just excited to to come at you from my virtual studio 5.0 as we're talking about. Uh, I look back when we were talking about virtual studios, Grant, about nine months ago, and we were really right. proud of what I had set up. And I look back <laughs> at that, I'm like, man, that's so adorable. I was so I was so adorable. I didn't know what I didn't know. So I've, I feel like I got a master class on virtual studio. So I'm really excited to be chatting with you from here. Yeah, it's been a while, uh, nine months or so, and we're going to dig into your own personal journey and kind of what that's looked like. But I know uh, you and I have been talking a lot throughout all of this and, and even just talking with other speakers and in the community. Uh, and there's just been a, a lot of significant shifts. And one of the things I, I'm personally really, really excited about is I think as we come out of this, and I think we're, we're certainly on the other side, uh, or at least have hit the, the, the downslope and are coming back up on the upslope now out of COVID. One of the things we're hearing a lot from event planners and other speakers is that uh, live events are starting to come back more 
more and more. Uh, but I'm really excited about on the other side of this about the the opportunities that virtual creates. And so this is something that pre-COVID wasn't really a thing. There wasn't really a it wasn't something that was taken super seriously by event planners or by speakers. But I think on the other side of this, we're going to see a massive influx of event opportunities because live is coming back more and more and more every day. But also because now virtual is going to be taken uh, very much more seriously as this real option that speakers can lean into, that event planners can lean into. You've seen it firsthand in that pivoting to virtual has been a complete game changer for your business, not only in the interim, but even going forward uh, into the future. I can see how, you know, as you're kind of talking about your own virtual studio now, this is something that wasn't even on your radar a year ago. And that's completely changed your business, not only today, but again, going forward, even post COVID. So let's kind of go back in time for a second here and talk through, I know, again, you know, you and I talk pretty regularly. So if we go back to, to last March or so, when all of this was unfolding, I know we're, everyone's kind of comparing notes like, hey, is this going to be a thing? Is this affecting it's just Europe or Asia? Or is this ever going to get over here? Uh, and I know in a matter of, of about a week or so, like your business went from booming to bust real, real fast. So can you let's go back for a second. Can you talk us through here what 2020 was like for you? Yeah, well, I, I was actually really excited going into 2020. I mean, you uh, coached me into going full time. You, you coaxed me into it. You said, hey, Eric, you need to go ahead and jump in. I'm like, like, oh, co coach or coax? Both, kind of both. Yeah, I, I kind of slurred that. You know, take it how you want, right? But <laughs> so you said, yeah, Eric, you, I think you're ready, man. Go ahead and jump all in. So it was a big, big leap for me to go full time. I was really excited about it because it was my dream to do this for a living. You know, and I was always really nervous, Grant, because I was building my business during really good times. Everything was going great. And I kept asking myself, well, what happens if times aren't good? <laughs> Is my business going to survive? And that was always in the back of my mind, right? So. Uh, 2020 started, I was really excited. I, I went into 2020 with my highest paid gig already booked, $20,000. I was super excited about that. We had talked about that. I had tons of events uh, planned and ready to go. Um, and then I think what most people can say, I'm actually, I'm getting tired of this sentence, but then COVID hit, right? So once that, there's always that COVID and then what life was like after that. So literally I was going to spring break uh, we decided to go ahead and go on spring break. That's when, you know, we started circling the wagons and talking back and forth. And we started thinking about how this is going to impact things. No one really knew. Every day, the news just got worse. Uh, and every day I started getting emails from event planners and it just didn't stop. I mean, there was a period where every single day I was like, oh, I just told my wife, lost another event, another event been postponed, another event been affected. So every one of my events, Grant, from March until December were all either canceled or postponed or went virtual. I only had two live events that held up during that time. And the one live event that did held up, they had a hurricane as I was going down there and it totally disrupted that event. So uh, it was crazy. And so I would say probably around over $200,000 of income was affected. When I mean by affected, I mean that it wasn't totally lost, but it was delayed into 2021, some of it into 2022. And also I'd really depend on current events to book other events. So there was a lot of things in flux at the time. I went in to 2020 grant fully thinking I could get 300K. That was my goal. I wanted to, I wanted to earn $300,000. So that was my goal into 2020. And so then I had to sit, figure out, okay, what am I going to do? Number one, uh, to keep a roof above my family, right? And number two, how am I going to make sure I can do this, continue doing this long-term? So that's what happened to me in 2020 as this started to occur. 
And so now as we are uh, again on the other side of 2020 and looking back here, can you give us some context? How many virtual gigs did you end up doing? Because like you said, you know, once COVID really hit, doing two live in-person gigs and your whole business is built upon uh, speaking and being in front of audiences. And now all of a sudden that's not a, an option. What did 2020, how did it end up shaping up uh, as far, especially on the virtual side? Well, there were a couple things that happened uh, in 2021 was uh, just serendipitous. I didn't expect this to happen. I, I'd set up going in in 2019. In fact, in 2017, I talked to a company about I've been working with about taking one of the uh, uh, talks I do, one of the workshops and put it online. And they fought me on it. Uh, it's so funny now that we think back in 2017, people really didn't want to do things online. And like, ah, I'm not sure we want to do that, may cannibalize other stuff. And so they kind of blew me off on it. And then 2019, they said, let's go ahead and do this thing online. I literally got the online course done for them in like December of 2019. And so then when COVID hit, they, they leaned into that online course and just threw it out there. And so I end up, uh, I was getting a percentage of every time somebody was going through that course. So I just lucked out on that one. Um, so I started uh, pivoting and I probably did, I'd say, north of 30, 35 virtual events. Grant, once COVID really became a thing and I realized, hey, this thing is sticking around. So I had to really hustle. And so I, I booked uh, over 30 plus events. Another thing I did was I never really took consulting uh, very seriously because I just was too busy. And so I kind of leaned in that a little bit and used my, my virtual component and all the message I had and started saying, how can I take this message to individual organizations and consult with them? And I really found a nice lane there that really buoyed my, buoyed my business in 2020. And also it was looking like it's really gonna help me out in 2021. Yeah. So one of the things I love there that you said is, is, you know, again, pre COVID, you hadn't really done any virtual things and then COVID hits, events start shutting down. And yet in spite of that, you book 30, 35 virtual events. And again, these are, uh, these were not, if I remember correctly, these were not um, like live events that were already booked and scheduled that were converted into virtual events. These are events that had, did not exist. They were not on the right. calendar. You were not booked for them at all. New bookings, which again, I think is really, really important for speakers to hear that even in spite of what has happened, and again, hopefully we've seen the worst of it and are on the other side of it, then in spite of all that, that you are still booking new events, uh, virtual events uh, into the future. And in fact, uh, on top of all of that, I know as, as we wrapped up 2020, that you booked uh, your highest paying gig ever. Yeah. And we're, we've got an episode coming out on that on the podcast soon. But can you give us a nutshell on uh, what that was? Yeah, yeah. So that was part of the uh, consulting thing. So I had this really cool message that I do on for general sessions, keynotes. Uh, it's very specific for a very specific group. In fact, it's for utilities that handle their large top 10 or 15 accounts. I mean, that's how specific this message is. Right. And so I, I do workshops and stuff on that. And uh, I had a company contact me and said, hey, can you help us really kind of take this to the next level? And that's when I thought, well, maybe there's something here. And so I just threw a proposal out to him, Grant. I mean, I literally just made up a number. I mean, I thought, well, what would I, what would this be worth? And I put $40,000 down wow. and lo and behold, they said, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do it. So I booked this $40,000 gig, literally got paid uh, January 15th. I even sent a picture to you. I, I, that's the first time I ever had that kind of money drop uh, just to do what I'm doing all the time, just changing my message up a little bit. So the way the year ended, so going into it, uh, I thought, well, $300,000, that'd be fantastic. Now, to put things in context, the year before, it was around 165000 So this was a, a big stretch goal, Grant, going right, into right. 2020. But remember, I had tons of momentum going into 2020, and I got smacked dead in the face uh, with COVID. Now, 
what happened was when I started shifting, I started thinking, okay, what can I do? Uh, one thing, I, another thing I did was I took one of my messages that I, uh, that people are, uh, find really compelling is very popular and actually turn that into a virtual series. And this was just a gamble. I thought, I think maybe some people may want to go on a deep dive on some of this stuff. I didn't know if it was going to work or not. So I literally proposed a seven part series where it take four to seven weeks to go through it and, and people bought it. So that started really helping out. So going in uh, to the end of the year, I got a phone call I've never gotten before. And it was from my financial guy. And he said, listen, you've been hoarding cash. <laughs> hey, Grant, I really was. I mean, I was hoarding. I was burying stuff in the backyard. Putting I mean, I didn't know what was going down. I didn't know sure. if the world was ending, if this is going to be a zombie movie that we're going to be <laughs> reading about later, you know. And so I was hoarding all this cash. He's like, uh, you need to spend some money because you're going to get taxed big time. And so I've never had that conversation before. So literally, uh, I started thinking about, okay, let's. what do I need to do here? Um, I need to invest some more, do some things. I need to spend some money on some things I was thinking about doing. And the other thing he told me was, can you slow down your invoicing? Because if you slow it down and it gets pushed to 2021, then you won't be taxed as much. So at the end of the year, based on what I invoiced this year, I earned 255000 So $45,000 less than my goal. But last the year before, I made 165000 Now, here's the kicker. I had $77,000 in accounts receivable, meaning that going in 2021, I had $77,000 in cash coming in. And it was stuff that I pushed on purpose to 2021. So all in, I brought in $332,000 grant going in thinking before the pandemic, I was going to make 300,000. That was going to be a, a huge moment if I did that. And then a pandemic hit, and then I had to transition and change and actually did better than I thought I was going to do. That's crazy, man. Now, uh, let's go back for a second here. So whenever the, the pandemic hit in, uh, you know, March-ish or so, uh, and again, that kind of panic sets in. I remember you going on spring break. You were down in uh, Key West, if I remember correctly. And so then as you're just kind of like processing and thinking about it, can you walk us through like where was your head at? What kind of shifts did you make? What were the, the biggest things that you did? Because it's it's fun to see, okay, on the other side of this, like it's been an amazing year and you have the momentum going into uh, 2021 now. But um, what like what did the steps look like? You know, because I know at the time, like there was a, a lot of panic. There was a lot of concern, you know, not yeah. only for yourself, but for speakers across the industry and across the industry at large. So what what was the, the, the first couple moments like for you? And then fast forward to now and even going forward, what has the process been like? Yeah. It's kind of kept your head above water uh, and kept you moving forward. Yeah. Well, first, just uh, I was supposed to go to Key West. That was one of my gigs that actually got canceled or postponed. And it got postponed to the fall and it got postponed to this spring break. Uh, so now we're going to go to Key West this spring break if everything goes well. And so we actually decided to go to my wife's parents in Tampa, Florida. I thought, you know what? The world is really kind of crazy right now. Now's not the time just to uh, shut up in our basement because I don't know how long we're going to be doing this. And at that time, too, we, we were still learning about it. We didn't really know what we know now. So things were just slowly coming out. So we still went down to Florida. We didn't really do a lot, just hung out uh, with our parents. So we just kind of huddled down in Tampa. So really, Grant, the first thing I did was I panicked. Okay, so I don't want... I don't want to sound like, oh, Eric was just awesome during this whole time. And he just he just you know took this on his back and he was the man. That wasn't the case. For about a week, I panicked. 
Uh, I didn't sleep very well while we were down there in Florida. Uh, I wake up in the middle of the night around 2 a.m. and I would just kind of pace around the house, just kind of in my mind, thinking about, man, what's going to happen? This has been a, a good run. I, uh, uh, cursing the, that Grant told me I should go full time. <laughs> you know, so I really panicked for a little bit there. But then once I calmed down, I got to credit my wife, actually. It was my wife that was kind of my grounding person because she's the one that's always really believed in me, Grant. And she's like, Eric, don't worry about it. You're fine. You got a compelling message. People like you, they're going to hire you. You're going to be fine. And once that kind of went through, we went through that panic moment. Then what I started to do is I started to engage really with my coaches. So I think coaching is very important, Grant. Um, not only am I a coach, but I also get coached. And so I was in a coaching program at the time. They did a fantastic job, actually. And so I remember uh, uh, meeting with them. We had a mastermind group and meeting with some other folks and just bouncing ideas. And so that really brought a lot of comfort to me hanging out with other high achievers and bouncing ideas off one another and just thinking how we can do this. The next thing I did, Grant, is I had to ask myself, okay, what is it that I do well in and where can my message help right now? Because right, we were in a situation where people, everybody was like, what is going on? And so I had to ask myself, how can I help? How can This is a time for me to give back to a lot of people that I knew, people I would network with, and then maybe stop the bleeding a little bit. So what I did is I created two uh, virtual sessions. They were 45 minutes each. I, hurried, I made a workbooks for each of them on two things that I already talked about and already knew about, but was relevant right now. The first one was how to uh, survive and thrive during times of crisis for my military training. And so I knew that everybody was going through a crisis. Everybody was freaking out. So this is a time to kind of teach people some things to do to, to get through that. So I did that. And then I developed another talk on how to work from home. So it was obvious everybody's going to be working from home, but it's not as easy as it sounds. And I've been doing it for over a decade. So I had some best practices. So I literally developed those two things and I immediately went to my pipeline and started putting fillers out there to people that I had a relationship with and said, hey, I got this training. It's only $850. And within, I think, three or four days, I booked uh, 10 of them. I booked 10 of those. So I, I literally booked about $9,000 worth of gigs immediately. And that kind of gave me a little bit of, okay, take a deep breath. You're going to be fine. The funny thing about it, though, Grant, is I actually, it wasn't me that thought of it. It was one of my customers that called me. And they called me and I was literally sitting under a palm tree on a private island that my, that my father-in-law took me to. And he said, hey, Eric, do you got anything that can help us right now? And that's what got my, my wheels turning. And so that's what I did. Then the other thing I did, Grant, is I realized at first I didn't take the virtual thing seriously. Mm -hmm. Then I realized I better take this seriously. And if I can get ahead of this, then maybe I can separate myself from other speakers that are not taking it seriously. So I made a decision that I'm going to invest money, even though I was a little nervous about spending money on virtual studio. And I didn't want to like break the bank. I just started doing different uh, uh, iterations of it. So there was 1.0, then 2.0. And as gigs started coming in, I started taking that money and reinvested it back in my virtual studio. There was 3.0, 4.0. Then I hired a guy to actually teach me and, and set, help me set it up even better. And so he's been helping me do that. So that's the other thing I did. And then the last two things is I leaned in uh, to doing virtual, my, uh, virtual gigs on companies I was under contract with. So companies that were going to do live events, I immediately called them and said, listen, if you guys are going to go virtual, I'm investing in a virtual studio. Let's do this. I'm ready to help you. I'm ready to serve you. And so I leaned in that to save those contracts. And then, like I said earlier, I developed that virtual series. So six companies bought it. And as I, as we talk right now, Grant, there's 12 other organizations that are evaluating it right now and thinking about purchasing it from me. 
Well, one thing I, I want to highlight there that you touched on is that uh, you are, you, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, you're on version 5.0, give or take, of the virtual studio. And so over the past, you know, uh, just slightly less than a year, you've been making these iterations. And so let's let's create version 1.0. Okay, now we're, we're getting some traction here. Now let's yeah. create version 2.0. Okay, now this is a bigger deal. We're booking some gigs from this. I want to do, I want to invest more. So let's, let's, get some nicer cameras or nicer equipment. So it's important to know, like everybody starts from scratch. Everybody starts where they are. So don't feel like you have to have all these crazy bells and whistles or yeah. anything like that. So I'm curious then, um, well, why do you think it, it worked for you? Because there's plenty of speakers who finished up 2020. There's a bunch of speakers I've talked to who are just like, 2020 was a really rough year for a lot of speakers. And so what was the difference for you that on the other side of it, yeah, it was a crazy year, but on the other side of it, I, I think it's safe to say like you really thrived. You ended up having a, a better year. And so the idea of as the pandemic was hitting that a speaker would have a better year than the previous year, that didn't seem like a, a thing. Like that seemed like a, a fictitious fairy tale, right. but for you it was a reality. So what worked for you to make 2020 so great? Well, I think really, Grant, what really saved the day for me was that I had a system to lean on. And I think that was important. And the system actually is a system that I learned from the speaker lab. So when I became a student back in 2015, I started working with you. You were the one that really taught me that you can systematize your business. And that's what you need to do. You got to treat it like a business. And so over the last several years, I developed a system with what I learned at the speaker lab. And the system really saved my butt. And here's why. Number one, we were in chaos. We were in whirlwind and there was times of darkness. There was times like, man, what is going on? I couldn't even watch the news anymore because it just got worse. And so when you're in those times and you're deep in the woods, you're not sure what's going on. You need kind of that compass, that true north. And that was the system from the speaker lab. And that's what I kept going back to is what does the system tell me? What does the system tell me to do next? The other thing that helped me with the system is that the system had no skin in the game, right? It had no political affiliation. It didn't care about anybody's feelings. Feelings. It's just a machine that pumps out what I got to do. And I got to tell you, Grant, that was very comforting to me to know that when I woke up, there was a system waiting for me that wasn't tired, that didn't care about anything. It was going to tell me, Eric, this is what you do next. And I did it. And it said, this is what you do next. And so what I did was, I put my head down and I stopped thinking it, thinking, I stopped overthinking it and just let the system take over. And when I actually finally came up for air, that's when I realized, and I'm, I'm not making this up, I had no idea how I was doing financially. In my bank account right now, I have more money in the bank account I've ever had because I just trusted the system and the system didn't fail me. Well, this system sounds magical. Uh, and at the same time, it's it's so much more than just having a system, but like you creating it and then executing on it and following through on it. It's kind of like, you know, if someone's setting up a, uh, a you know, they want to get healthy and, and they want to lose 10 pounds, you know, you, you set up a system for how you eat, for how you exercise, but having a, a magical system means nothing if you don't actually follow through on it. If you set up yeah. the, your your diet and your meal planning and you still eat donuts and cakes and cookies all day, uh, as delicious as that may sound, you're not going to get with the end result that you have. So can you kind of walk us through like, like what what does the system look like for you mm -hmm. that again, we've worked together on to help uh, you and then also thousands of students that we work with here at the Speaker Lab? What does the system look like that has has led to so many results for you? Yeah, well, the system was magical for me because if I didn't have it, I don't know how I would have fared uh, honestly. Um, so it was comforting and magical to me. And so the system, as when I when I mean the system, here's what I mean. Number one, what the Speaker Lab helped me do uh, early on was help me really. Uh, I knew what problem I solved. And that was something that was really important to me. When at the end of the day, when I when I finally calmed down, right, and I stopped panicking, I had to ask myself, what problem do I solve? 
And that gave me clarity to say, okay, if I'm going to then transition and change here, I still solving the same problem, but how can I do it differently? How can I deliver it differently? So that's number one. The second thing it did is I had my talks already ready to go. And so that's part of the system is, you know, you, you select your problem, then you prepare your talk. All my talks were compelling. That was all really good to go. That was all set. Then I went to the next element. And this is the one that really saved my bacon. And that is what the system taught is having that really good customer relationship management tool. And then within that tool, populating it with the right information, the right data and the methodology. That's the secret sauce, the methodology, the five stages that I what I did was. I still use the five stages, but instead of pursuing live gigs, I just started pu pumping in all these virtual gigs and then let the system take it from there. And then I just, after that, once the system started working in that case and I started booking the gigs, then I had to say, how can I scale this? How can I take this to the next level, which is the last part of what we were taught in the speaker lab. And I started taking that message and scaling it through consulting, some online courses. And this year, I'm happy to say that I'm even scaling it into a book. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So that's when I say system, that's what I mean, Grant. Hey friends, do you know the five steps to book more gigs and get paid as a speaker? Well, if not, listen up because these same five steps to help me to grow a seven figure speaking career are all laid out in great detail in my latest book, The Successful Speaker. Five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, and building your platform. Whether you wanna speak as a side hustle or your dream is to become a full-time professional speaker, I know what it takes. I share all of that with you in this definitive step-by-step -step roadmap. Let me be your guide. Learn from my mistakes. Get paid what you know you're worth to share your unique message on stage. If you want to read the first chapter for free or just check out the book, go to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash book. Check out your copy of The Successful Speaker. So I want to talk about, you know, when you, when you're implementing a system that the, it's kind of like that quote, uh, I think from Mike Tyson, like everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And so yeah. like a, a system looks really good on paper or sounds really good, like in theory or conceptually, but when you get punched in the face, it's like, crap, does this still work? So let's talk yeah. for a second here about, you know, you have a system in place. The system has largely built your business for the past several years, pre COVID COVID hits, it, it changes things, but then also going into 2021, it, we're, we're in a different world now. So how do you, adapt or change the system, not only what was in 2020, but also into 2021? Is there anything that you're like, oh, crap, well, you, we got to change or modify or tweak or, or shift something here going forward into 2021 with the system? What does that look like in light of COVID? Yeah, well, I, I would say the one thing that uh, when you talk about that, everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. The system's not a plan. It's not a plan. It's a methodology. And so that's the part that's the, that was really a, a godsend for me. And so what I learned is that really the system, the methodology, methodology didn't change. And the methodology, the methodology and how I reach out and how I follow up and the process I follow, it doesn't matter what the variables are. What you do is you just adjust based on those variables, but use the exact same methodology. So like I mentioned, instead of plugging in live gigs into the methodology, all I did is started plugging in virtual gigs in the methodology and everything else worked the same. So the system didn't change one bit. The system was rock solid. It's kind of like, you know, everybody else was in this storm grant and they were in rowboats and I was in a storm in a power boat. I just revved it up and kept going through the storm, just using the methodology that worked before, but continue to work through the pandemic. 
What were some of the big things and some of your big takeaways from 2020 that you're going to take with you into 21, uh, 2021 that, that you really learned from, from executing and implementing this system? Yeah, uh, the big thing I learned was that it, you have to commit to your message. So I have a message that works. I knew the message was time tested. That's why I'm a full time speaker, that people want to hear my message. So I had to commit and submit into that message. Right, Grant? but I had to get really flexible on how I was delivering that message. The way I was delivering it was changing right before me. And so if I was rigid on how I was delivering it, like, man, I'm a live speaker, I'm a workshop speaker, I'm a live keynoter. If I hung on to that, then I, we would be having this discussion. So I had to get really flexible on how I was delivering it. So the message st stayed the same, but the platform in which I delivered it changed. The next thing was, that I had to really uh, get creative on the virtual pricing. And I still think it hasn't even settled. Uh, so I think it's really, uh, it's, it's a moving target on what we're pricing virtually. And so I had to you know, throw out the door what I expected a live event and had to really put my, myself in the shoes of an event planner and say, okay, what would an event planner wanna pay for this? And so I had to really kind of get uh, creative there. Um, the other thing, and this is a big one, Grant, is I stopped chasing events because I can't depend on them. And I, I think I was telling you today, I actually had in the last two days, uh, other live events I've had scheduled, one got pushed back to October. The other is they're gonna switch it to virtual. Um, and the other one, they just said, we're not even doing it this year. We're gonna do it in 2022. So if I depend on live events to make money, then that, that money is always in jeopardy. So instead what I did is I decided that I wanna create my own events. And what I mean by that, is I decided to come up with this uh, problems that I can solve, and I developed this virtual series. I, I'm, I'm working on some online courses that I'm gonna put together, and I'm actually gonna take those to the event planners, and I wanna present these ideas. Because what I learned with event planners is that just because they didn't have live events didn't mean their budgets go away. Their budgets were still, were, are still there. So they've got money to spend, but they need someone, a speaker, and I was able to tap into this to be a little creative and say, hey, here's an idea I have. How about doing a virtual series? Are you interested in doing that and solving that problem? Because just because you don't have events anymore doesn't mean your members or your audience still don't have problems they need solved. I want to help you do that. So I got really creative and started creating my own events and still working with the same event planners, but the, the, the script flipped a little bit, right? So instead of saying, hey, let's talk about your event, I said, hey, I've got an event. Let's do it. And I had six of them so far partner up with me. Um, the other thing that I learned, a few things I'm learning, Grant, is actually I think this COVID thing is a blessing for speakers, all right? It's a blessing for speakers. And what I mean by that is you can do a lot more gigs. I found I can do a lot more gigs now, and I'm not as exhausted because I'm not flying everywhere, doing all these things I was doing. I can speak now in the morning. I can do, I can stack them. I can speak in Seattle. I can speak in Las Vegas. I can speak, I can speak all over the world virtually in my basement and it's less expensive. I'm not flying all over the place. Um, I think that uh, virtual is here to stay. And what it's gonna allow us to do as speakers is we're gonna have live events. So you have a live event, a live event, and maybe you 30 or 60 days in between it, you'll have sprinkled virtual events in between it. So I'll have a live event, four or five virtual events, a live event, four or five virtual events, which is gonna allow me more opportunity. And then finally, Grant, I can actually add more value and charge more. So now what I can do is, hey, I'll do your live event and I'll follow up with a virtual series with the same crowd and I'm gonna give them a mini online course. So instead of charging 9,000, I can charge 15 or 20,000 because I'm bringing so much more value. So I'm actually really excited of what's to come because of what COVID's providing or the, the opportunity that the crisis is showing me. 
Yeah, I want people to let that sink in for a second. Uh, just the, the the craziness of it, because like on the surface, it does sound ridiculous, right? That COVID has actually been a, a, a huge blessing for speakers. And that's not a, um, you know, pie in the sky, super optimistic uh, view, like uh, unrealistic view that that a motivational pep speaker would have. Like, oh, we're, we're speakers, we're supposed to be super optimistic. But I think that's, I agree with you. I think that's the reality. I think that, that it has shifted the, the, the game in a way that creates more opportunities for speakers than ever before to not only increase your impact, but increase your income as well. And you're, you're obviously a testament to both of those. No, if, I, if I'm watching or listening right now, I'm going, okay, all this sounds great. Um, good, good for you. Glad you had a good 2020. Maybe for some speakers, they are, are, are getting started. They're early in their business. Maybe they're deep in their business and 2020 just ravaged them. And they're trying to like pick up the, the, the pieces and figure out what does 2021 look like going forward. One of the cool things uh, about what it is that we do here at the Speak Lab is you're actually one of our, our, our most important coaches. And so uh, you're interacting uh, with students in the weeds on a daily basis. And, and again, mm -hmm. that's not just a... Um, like, you know, you send out an email or, you you know, we, we have a conversation or something. People are like, our students have one-on-one -on -one access to you and you're talking with them on a daily basis, like coaching them through what to do. So can you kind of talk us through, give us a big picture view of students that work with us and also students that work specifically with you within our program. What does that look like? What, what do they, what, what do they get for that? Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. I'm also glad that you finally acknowledge I'm one of your most important coaches. That's really good <laughs> to hear. So thank you for saying that, that, that made my entire day. I won't be able to sleep at night because of that. So thank you for that. Uh, but anyway, uh, I would say the one thing I think is is the silver lining here, Grant, is like you said, I'm telling this story and like, oh, wow, that's great for you, Eric, but that doesn't really help me. Well, actually, it does help you because the exact same system and the methodology that I use is the one that we teach and we train. And I'm in the trenches helping uh, students and, and working with students. And so here's what people can uh, expect when they come on board with this grant. Number one is they're going to meet with an enrollment advisor. And that's just not a sales call, Grant. That's actually an exploratory call. Let's talk about what you want to accomplish. Let's talk about whether or not we're a good fit for you. By the way, we don't take everybody. Um, in fact, we talked to somebody last night that we found we decided it wasn't a good fit. So just because you talk to us doesn't mean you're coming on board with this. It's got to be a good fit. We don't want to waste your time or our time. At a minimum, you're going to walk away with some really good ideas because these enrollment advisors, they're highly trained professionals. They, a lot of them are speakers themselves. And so they know the same methodology. So at a minimum, you're going to learn something. Then once you decide to come on board with us, um, then what's going to happen is the coaching part or not the coaching, but before that, you're going to have access to the methodology, the self-paced learning system. And there's some people that love that. They like to go through a self-paced and kind of learn at their own, uh, their own pace. That is fantastic. In fact, that's what I had back in 2015. All I had was that self-pacing, a uh, 15-minute call with you, Grant, and then you uh, would answer my email questions at the time. And that's really all I needed. But that, that program is there. That's what they're going to get. The best part, though, Grant, is the coaching. That is the best part. So what's going to happen is they're going to start working with coaches one-on-one, -on -one, and those coaches are going to get on the same path with them. And that's what I love about it, Grant, because everybody comes to us with different levels of experience, with different paths, different journeys, and so we just don't force them down a path. We have mile markers that we want to go through, but we guide you from mile market or mile marker based on what you need, what your experiences are. In fact, there's a lot of times I'll work with students and they'll tell me their story. I'm like, oh, you need to, you need to work with Rick or we need to really hook you up with the net or you need to chat with Mary Alice. She can really help you. And so we take that very seriously. And that's, that's, I think that's vital. In fact, I think that's probably one of the things that really makes the program really uh, sing is the fact that we have that one-on-one -on -one coaching and it's unlimited. 
the next thing is then you're going to uh, start getting into group calls. And this is so important. In fact, that's what was really helpful me for me during the pandemic, uh, Grant, was that group mastermind. You kind of workshop stuff together. And we do we do multiple one of those a week. And so you lead those. We have several coaches that lead those. And they all have themes to it. So we unpack a theme and we deep dive. And we talk about how can we do this better? What are some things you guys are struggling with? You know, we usually have 20 to 30 people on there. And we learn from one another. And it's a really good community atmosphere, which leads me to the last one. You get to come into our community. We have so – I am amazed, Grant – of the professionals that we have on our community and how we uplift and edify one another. Just in the Facebook group alone, the private Facebook, it's amazing when someone throws out a question and 30 or 40 people will respond and say, here's what I recommend. I can throw something out there and say, hey, what's the best microphone? And I'll get 15 different pieces of advice on the best microphone for virtual. So that community is huge. And that community is something that that you can hang on to as you're building your business. So that's kind of in a nutshell what a, a person can expect if they come on board with us. Yeah, you and I have been through the trenches as far as, you know, we, we we had that dream, we had that desire to be a speaker, you didn't know what you didn't know. And yeah, you can, you know, you could read a book, or you could watch the videos, you can listen to the, the podcast, we have hundreds and hundreds of episodes of the podcast. But part of, of building a business, it can be lonely, it can be isolating. And you're trying to think through like, okay, I, I get this, but how does this apply to me? Or what does this look like? So like you mentioned, the one on one access, the group calls, the community, like you've got a, a, a team of people that are in the trenches with you as you're going through things that can help you that can provide that feedback and support and accountability. Now, because you're you're in the, again, you, you, we're both in the trenches on a daily basis, working with and interacting with students, but I'm curious for you, what are some of the main questions? What are some of the main pain points and challenges that you're hearing from students? Uh, again, on a daily basis, you're going, I'm stuck with this, Eric, can you help me process or figure this out? What are some of those main questions that you're getting? Yeah, Grant, this is something that I'm really uh, proud about and something I enjoy uh, because it's fun for me to be out on the speaking trail like I am, Grant. And let me tell you, I'm a full-time speaker. Let let there be no mistake. I am not a part-time. I am full-time. I am out there, right? Uh, And so um, when I'm out there speaking and doing that, I still have students that are contacting me and saying, hey, Eric, what would you do in this situation? So I, I coach on average. Uh, through the application we use to, to work with the speakers, at least I do. I, I coach probably 20 to 25 uh, students a week. And so I get a lot of questions, but there's, there's probably three questions that I get all the time, Grant. The first one is, who should I speak to and what should I speak about? Now, one of the things I think is really cool about what we do, Grant, is we don't tell you what you should speak on. We don't say, oh, well, this is the hot industry right now, and you should really tap into that. And that's not how we do it. Instead, what we do is we start to ask you targeted questions. Like, for instance, one might be, um, tell me what what group are you most passionate to work with? Do you like to work with young men and women? Do you like to work with high school students? Are you really interested in working with uh, single mothers that are trying to have a career? What group are you really passionate about? And we start having this discussion. And then what we do as coaches, and what I do, Grant, is I help folks discover what that message is, right? And so that's important because the way you're going to be successful is your message has to come from within. I can't tell you what your message is, but I'm going to help you, I'm going to help you mine that and find that message. And so that's what we do. And the thing, only thing that we require, Grant, and you talk about this all the time, is we are going to help you find that message. But the, the thing is, it's got to be one audience and one message. That's it. So that's number one. Any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I think that, that it is. It's one of the biggest challenges that, that students hear and deal with is, again, when they are so close to their own. They, I can see it in other people. I see how that makes sense for you. You know, you help with utility, public utilities or you help with bankers or you help with moms or you help with couples. And I see how it works for these other speakers. I'm trying to think through how it works for me. And so one expression we use a lot is it's hard to read the label from inside the jar. It's hard to read the label from inside the jar. And that's for where so many students are at. Right. And it's not that the, and it's not exclusive to just, uh, you know, our students. That's, it's humans in general. It's really hard. We can identify problems or situations or troubles in someone else. It's hard to recognize them in ourselves. And so the same thing is true where you need that coach. You need that outside perspective, the someone who has the experience and the, the knowledge to be able to share that with you and point out like, hey, based on what you're saying, here's some things that would make sense for you. So I'll give you a quick example. Uh, I work with a coach myself uh, on a weekly basis. I meet with him and uh, this a couple of days ago when uh, he and I talked this week, he gave me some really good observations and thoughts. And it's like, yeah, now that you mention it, again, you're removed from me. But now mm -hmm. that you mention it, yeah, that does resonate or that does make sense or that's a good observation that I don't know that I would have been able to identify in myself. So having that 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 outside voice really makes a big difference. So definitely agree that it's a, it's a huge question. It's a huge challenge and something we can help students with. What what other questions and challenges are you, are you hearing from students? Yeah, well, there's the, the second one of the three, Grant, is how do I find gigs? And sometimes I forget that uh, I take that for granted because I'm just used to that. And also, that's actually my superpower. If I, uh, I would say, Grant, that uh, I'm not the best looking guy. Shocker for those that are listening on podcast and maybe never seen me before. I've actually gained about 10 pounds during COVID. I don't think I'm aging very well. And so I'm not the best looking guy. I'm not the best speaker. In fact, I hate hearing myself speak. It sounds like I got gravel in my mouth when I speak. Uh, I went to public school in Indiana, so my grammar's not that great. I think a lot of people are better speakers than I am. But the one thing that I do really well, Grant, probably uh, I would say better than most, is I can go out and I can find a gig. And so people come to me all the time and say, Eric, how do you find gigs? And so how we do that, Grant, is number one, we got to make sure you got a message. It doesn't matter if I get we get you in front of people, but if your message isn't good, it doesn't matter. You're not going to have a good business. And so we help you identify that compelling talk. We help you get that going. Then the other thing to do is we help you get some of your assets aligned. So we help you get your website up and running. That's when you're open for business, right? You don't, you don't have a business unless you have an online presence. So we help, you, we help you do that. In fact, the guy on staff, Rick, is a fan, does a fantastic job on our websites. He, he nails it. I love seeing um, him taking a message a student has and making that come to life on our websites. It's fantastic. And then the demo reel, we help you get that demo reel going. And then finally, we help you with some leads. We get your leads going based on who you wanna to speak to and who you wanna to talk to. And then we teach you how to take that information and plug it into our system, our methodology, our pipeline, our five stages of our pipeline in a customer relationship management tool. So we have it all down. And by the way, Grant, it's, it's tried and true, it's tested. When people come to us, we, whatever you bring to us, we've already heard it. We've seen that situation before. We know how to work through that. We don't, we don't see any surprises at all. And we help everybody from all walks of life. I wish you could hear my Voxer grant. I have people calling for me from all over the country, from different levels of experience, from varying backgrounds, and we help all of them. So it's fantastic. Yeah, That's it's really yeah, it's really cool because the the like you mentioned a couple things. We we create your website for you. We create demo video for you as well, uh, and we help give you the system because for so many speakers, we've done a couple gigs here and there. Maybe it was a, a word of mouth or referral or a friend of a friend type of situation, which is good. But like 
that's not a way to build a business. You can't just sit back and hope and wait and cross your cross your fingers and, and close your eyes really tight and hope that like you magically build a business. Like you said, we have a methodology, a system that you that works. It's tried and true. We used it with literally thousands of students. And so we want to help students, again, have the system in place to be able to find a book gig. So what's the third and the biggest, uh, another big challenge that, that speakers yeah. are running? And this is the, yeah, this is the biggest one at all. And the reason why we get in this thing, right? Uh, ultimately, ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to make a business out of it. And so people ask me, uh, all the time. Well, what do I charge? It's a big mystery for folks. And, and also I take this for granted because I just, I have it down now. And so what we do is we help them identify the market that they're in, what's reasonable. We teach them a bracket methodology on how to bring this approach and, and ask the right questions of an event planner, when to ask the questions, when to bring up the, uh, the idea of price, how to do it, how to present it, how to negotiate it. We teach all of that and we train people on how to do it because we understand that probably one of the hardest things for a person to do is to take something that they think is compelling, right? But then actually put it out there and say, this is how much I want for it. It's amazing to me, Grant, how many people struggle with that. There's people that I'm so, when I see what they've done for, in their life, it's amazing what they've accomplished. But they're so afraid to charge for their experience. And we help you through that. We help you get past the imposter syndrome. We help you get past uh, uh, this is hard to do. We teach you how to do it methodically so it becomes part of the system. And once you're armed with it, then you're off the races. And so we walk through that in detail. Yeah. And all this to say, like, I, th I think now more than ever, and I think you would agree with this, Eric, that now is the best possible time to build and grow your speaking business. Whether you are brand new, you're just getting started, you don't know what you don't know, or you've been at it for a little while, COVID was a shock to the system, and you're just trying to regroup and figure out what the new normal looks like going forward. Now is the absolute best time. And I think for a couple of reasons here. One is that uh, we saw because of COVID that all of a sudden live events dropped dramatically, virtual events increased dramatically. And I think that that, that virtual events are here to say, this is not a stopgap measure, this is not a, a, a band-aid or a temporary solution. I think that COVID or that the, the virtual has introduced a whole new opportunity for uh, virtual opportunities for speakers to be able to present. So I think that those are going to be around for the long term. And again, you've been a great example of incorporating that. I also think that as live events continue to come back, and again, we're already seeing that. I'm, I'm talking to a lot of professional speakers, speakers who are 10, 20, 30, $40,000 speakers who are booking more and more in-person things every single day. Uh, and the other thing that we're seeing as unfortunately because of COVID is that there was a lot of speakers who threw in the towel, who gave up, who decided it wasn't for them. And that's not a knock. Like everyone's got to do what they need to do to make sure that they, they provide for their family and eat and live indoors. But what I think that means is when you think about the laws of supply and demand, that we are going to have a significant amount of supply on the event side, meaning that more and more uh, live events are coming back because virtual is fine, but people crave that human connection. Like people love hugs and handshakes and high fives and virtual is good, but it's not the same as in-person. And so as in-person mm -hmm. comes back more and, more and more, there's just more and more need for speakers than ever before. And again, like you touched on, uh, as speakers, we are in the problem solving business, right? And so that could be virtual, that can be in-person, but there are still problems that need to be solved. And so you as a speaker, one of the things that we firmly believe is that the world needs your message. The world needs your message. We believe in you. We want you to do this. We know you can do this. Now is the best possible time for you to build and grow your speaking business. So Eric, as we put a bow on this, any final words of encouragement for, for speakers that may be watching or listening? Yeah, I think the single best question my coach asked me, Grant, when we were in the middle of all this, he said, Eric, what does this make possible? And when you frame it that way, 
you realize that some opportunities are being created and that in your life, there's tragedies that happen. Right now, this is a global tragedy, but I've had personal tragedies in my life. When I look back at it, they actually brought opportunities. In fact, that's how I met my wife. I got married out of a tragedy. And so always things come out of it and we learn from it. And here's what I know, Grant. I know that I've always been taught that you're supposed to buy stocks when they're low. And when there's times when, when we have a dip, that's when people that literally change generations, there's generation wealth. I mean, history shows this. Generational wealth is created during times of crisis because this is a time to think about what can I do that's going to elevate my business. So now's the time in the speaking industry to buy stock in it because when it comes back up, you got to ask yourself, what are you doing to position yourself to, to ride that weight? Because it is coming, Grant. I can guarantee you that. And the last thing I'll say, Grant, is I remember the first time someone said yes when I said what I would pay and what I would charge. And I said, I'll charge you $1,000. And I remember that moment when someone said yes. Grant, I still remember what it felt like. I remember what I was wearing. I remember how great I felt. And now I have to pinch myself and I have to remind myself of how uh, cool of a lifestyle I live now because I decided to go all in. Grant, I am actually investing a lot of money in a book that I'm publishing because I know this book is going to take it to the next level. Now's the time to invest in your business so you're ready when the live events come back. The question is, are you willing to do it? And are you position yourself with the right team like us to help you do that? I think we can help you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And to echo that again, now is the best possible time to build and grow your speaking business. So if you want our help here at the Speaker Lab, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know. We'd love to work with you. So uh, again, thanks for being here. We appreciate you joining us and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. You guys are awesome. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. And before you take off, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps, it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.